Hi guys, I'm the Impaired Grappler and welcome to my podcast. Today we have a very special guest who had a viral video a couple of months back uh, to do with viruses, funnily enough. So yeah, it's Tom Barnett. So we basically discuss his martial arts um, story. We talk about uh, cover health, cover common law uh, topics and the straw man and all that sort of stuff. We talk about scientific theories, spirituality, censorship um, and yeah, other stuff like that. So hope you guys enjoy. And we'll catch you on the other side. Us. Hi, guys. Uh, welcome back to the podcast. I've got a very special guest. It's um, someone you may have seen in recent months uh, during this Rona pandemic. Pandemic. His video went viral um, a few months back, talking about viruses. We'll probably get into that later. Uh, it's Tom Barnett. Um, so welcome. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. No worries. So I just want to sort of start off with your, like we we're just talking before about the uh, your martial arts history. So you're at the gym. So you do jujitsu at the moment. So you can you just uh, sort of just go through the quick rundown of sort of your history of getting into martial arts and where that sort of fits in with your story? For sure. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. So when I was a kid, used to love martial arts movies. Used to watch all the Kung Fu ones, the Bruce Lee movies and uh, Jackie Chan and all that kind of stuff. And always wanted to get into it, but my parents were kind of not into uh, contact sports for me and my brother. So, uh, you know, even when we played footy at school, it was kind of, you know, they didn't really want us playing contact sports. So I didn't really get to get into martial arts until I was older. So when I was about 15, I got into uh, kickboxing. And uh, then when I was, what age was I? It's probably about... Well, anyway, between 15 and sort of 20, I did a lot of boxing and kickboxing. And then when I was uh, 21, I got involved in traditional martial arts. So I'd, I got into karate and I did a few different styles of karate until I found one that I actually liked. And realistically, that's what straightened me out because I went off the rails pretty bad as a teenager, very rebellious and uh, very angry, had a lot of anger in myself from, you know, my upbringing, my schooling. Um, what I see, saw in society and didn't have any answers for. And, and karate, you know, as a martial art, you know, not the best martial art, but the discipline and the respect and the, you know, the, the art side of the martial art was very, very good for me. And, um, and so, yeah, you know, from, oh, so yeah, I've done Muay Thai before that as well. So then that really helped me a lot just develop as a person and to you know, develop into a man coming out of those kind of wayward teenage years into your early 20s where you've, uh, you know, your ego's starting to really fully develop. And so that was, that was big for me, you know. Uh, and it's funny because at that time, that's when uh, mixed martial arts started getting quite a bit of, so this was around 2000, 2001 kind yep. of time. And uh, mixed martial arts started to get quite popular. So I went down to a jiu-jitsu club and I just got spanked everywhere. It was so funny. I yeah, could not handle again. myself at all on the ground. And I thought I could because, you know, you watch yeah. things and you go, I've seen guys do this and you think you can do it, but the reality is, is completely different. So that was very humbling and, and enjoyed it a lot. Anyway, then there was a lot of years of, uh, I went through a lot of challenges, uh, illnesses, injuries and everything else. And martial arts wasn't on the cards at all. So it's only been in recent times I've taken jujitsu back up uh, as the only martial art that I do. 
and uh, it's yeah, I really love it. It's great. Yeah, it's awesome for the ego and just for the body and the moving. So I actually use jujitsu as a it's part of my rehab for I had a torn hip over a year ago. Um, yeah, so it's like part of the rehab was to do jujitsu and stuff. So, but um, and now not being able to do it's really annoying. Like even if I wanted to do it, no one want to do it with me, sort of thing. Because like everyone's uh, obviously scared and locked down, and yeah. So um, yeah, right. So what sparked you to get into the sort of health um, side of things and learning more about that? So sort of, you know, like for me, it was sort of putting my faith in the medical system, understanding that the the medical system's probably 20 years behind the med- the scientific medicine, but it's like, okay, yeah, but the medical system's there to benefit us. But then it's like, the more you trust in it, the more you get um, screwed over and treat you as part of a, uh, a community instead of as an individual when it should be more individualized. So like, I guess, yeah. like, did you have sort of a similar experience? Uh, and well, what was your sort of getting into that sort of research? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, similar experience. So as a kid, I grew up revering doctors that were the most respectable or among the most respectable members of society. You know, I used to say to my parents when I saw people driving nice cars because we didn't have nice stuff, and I go, how do you get one of those? They go, oh, don't worry about it. Just forget that. You know, you have to be a doctor or something to get that. And I was like, doctor, you know, what, what's this thing with doctors? Why are they? <laughs> and, uh, you know, going to the doctor, you, everyone would always go, oh, it's doctor such and such. It's like they'd speak of them in a light that made, that made them seem like they were, you know, like a grandmaster or something, you know. Mm. And uh, so, uh, yeah, anyway, so then going through... I studied a lot of science and medicine coming through school. Like even in school, I used to go to universities after school hours and I'd sit and read the medical textbooks, even in my high school years. And then through college, I would, you know, do the same. Um, Then when I got sick, I thought that that system would be of help to me, but it was like you found um, it was completely the opposite. And uh, so it was my journey into learning about health and the body firstly came with a fascination for the body. I'd always studied physiology, biology, chemistry, physics, bio, you know, biomechanics, that sort of thing. I'd always had an interest in that anyway. Um, but when I've had real part, you know, real problems and none of that was really helping, I, I took that fascination for the study of the body I already had and applied it to um, finding resources that were actually going to be beneficial, which led me down the natural path. And um, yeah, so that's how I got through that. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, then that led you down to becoming the viral video guy <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> going worldwide. Like I, you know, saw people overseas were talking about you and then, and then yeah. it's like that Andy Kaufman video coming out and a lot of people, you know, sort of doctors and people coming out talking about the terrain theory, gene theory, and like all these yeah. theories that we run our lives by, but then it's like, um, well, then I even saw another one of the sort of germ terrain duality kind of theory, which, you know, that sounds cool, but uh, I wouldn't know as a layman, but uh, yeah, so... But a lot of it's old, that's the thing. Like, mm. I learned this 15 years ago when I was really sick, you know, I just, I started, and I thought it was kind of common knowledge, and each time there's been one of these mm. you know, fake pandemics, I'm just like, why are people, uh, <laughs> you know, scared about this swine flu, avian flu, Ebola, all this sort of stuff. And I'm like, why are people, but they never lock the whole world down. 
Yeah. And so there was never any need to make a video or anything. I thought, ah, oh, people will figure it out. It doesn't matter. But only when, you know, the gym's closed and shops closed and people got fired from work and you couldn't go cross a border and you couldn't fly out of the country. That's when it was, I thought, oh, hang on, you know, this is really getting out of hand this time. And that's why, you know, I thought I'd need to make a video. I didn't think anyone would actually see yeah. it. Though. That's the funny part. <laughs> well, once the, once the sports ball got cancelled, um, that's when I knew it was sort of like, uh, we're going live. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. I mean, there was talk of it. People were going, oh, shit, the gym might close. And we're just going, nah. Nah, there's no way the gym will close. And <laughs> they're closed. And we just... You know, there was the, the good thing about that, though, is that there was a core group of us that didn't tell him, you know, we just kept it on the down low. Mm. And I won't say who it was because it was from other clubs as well, but we, um, we got a few people together at my place and we rolled at my place. And, you know, we just, we put some mats down outside and just all the people that kind of knew that it was not, there was nothing to worry mm. about and it was a big fake scamdemic. Yeah. yeah, so we continued, you know, doing what we were doing. And it was really good because it gave everybody a nice kind of... Uh, still like a unit that they were part of and, and a sense of, uh, you know, I guess sanity while everyone else was going all nuts and stuff. They would, you know, allowed us to kind of keep doing what, what we love to do. And, uh, and also, you know, how martial arts, it just gives you like that really tight knit feeling amongst your training group. It's kind of like fairly unique to any kind of, you know, combat sport, I think is that the, yeah. the type of activity that you do, you just have a real inherent respect for all of your training, your teammates and stuff. And, you can um, get pretty yeah. esoterical, but you're literally mixing your microbiomes. You're mixing your heart energy field, whatever you want to call it, yeah. your biofields. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, like the empathy between the interactions between uh, the, the two fields, I guess, or the aura or you know, connection to the hologram, I like to call it, or yeah. to the ether or whatever. Um, yeah. But it, yeah, it sort of all comes together like that. But um, so yeah, how would you say like physical activity, the body, the mind link and the spirit, like you've got um, in your book, you were, I think you were talking about the, the physical body, the spiritual body and, the, yeah. and like, was it the four or five? Can you talk about that for a sec? Yeah, yeah. So I talk about uh, four, there's several bodies. There's like, there's a lot. There's a lot of very subtle bodies, but I, uh, I guess I break it down to speak broadly of the four main bodies, which is the physical, the mental, the emotional, and the spiritual bodies. So these are when in my, you know, in, so in the book, the example that I give is that a lot of people think that, you know, the physical body must be the most creative because if you're an artist or a dancer, you use your body to create. But when you consider that the body is just made up of elements and that the elements don't animate themselves, you know, they're just, they're just elements. They need something to animate them. So then you go, well, what's animating the physical body? Then you have to look further up the chain of bodies. So when somebody has a, uh, you know, an ailment in the body, it's a physical expression of something on a deeper level something that you might call metaphysical or esoteric. So for example, everybody knows that it has an effect. Your thoughts and emotions and feelings have an effect. For example, if you're fearful or angry, you kind of have that, you're a bit hunched over and stuff because it has yeah. an effect on your physiology. Yeah, if you're feeling relaxed, 
yeah, if you're like, if you feel good, you just, your body's up more, you know, you just, it shows in your physiology. Everybody knows that their physiology is affected by their thoughts and feelings. So what we're talking about in these other bodies are quite often that it's called the unconscious. So what people are unaware of. So then we're looking at how the, the, uh, your thoughts and your emotions have a body of their own. And then the spiritual body has a body of its own too. So then as you're looking further out a field from there, you're starting to get into the source of all things. And that is what is creating through the chain of bodies until it gets into the physical body. And that's why you see people who are very vital and full of life. They generally have a very robust spiritual body because it is the soul creating through that physical vessel. And then people who are very listless, they kind of like just on, they just go through life flatlining in this gray kind of no color land and they have no vitality and, and no, no lust for life. And that is a very, a definitive weakness or disease in this in the higher bodies in the the emotional and the spiritual body if there's no energy coming into the physical body from those realms so um they yeah they have a they all play very it does work the other way too because you can get a big physical injury somebody knocks you over the head with a baseball bat like assaults you really badly and that's going to have a big effect into your emotional body and then into your spiritual body as well so they do go both ways yeah, and so the highest level would be, you know, the creator or God, uh, yeah. the universal mind or the universal one, as Walter Russell would say. Um, yeah. All right. So, um, so that's pretty the, pretty big question for the. That's good. Yeah, yeah, and then that, but then that's sort of like, and that sort of segues into the common law stuff at the levels as well, because you've got the, you know, the the lower level and the. the in the higher jurisdiction and it goes up to the spiritual. So um, can you talk about the sort of the straw man and the living man versus the spiritual man? Like, because I heard, it, I heard, I'm not sure if it was Cal Washington or another person talking about at the highest level of rights as a man walking on this earth, we are as a spiritual man. Uh, yeah. So you're talking about, um, well, I'll talk about the, the levels of jurisdiction first. So first is um, Yahweh, essentially. And so you've got God and, or creator. Creator created man. Then man created government. Then government created you know, statutes, codes, and laws. So all those things that we think we're governed by are right down the bottom of the hierarchy. Um, so yeah, like say, you got, you've got all your laws, codes, acts, and statutes. Above that, you've got the government that created them. But what created the government was man. So man has a higher jurisdiction than government, but only if you're a man, if you subvert yourself to a person, you are then underneath the government because that is in the statutory realm. So that's below government. And you do that with the words that you speak. So uh, a man has inherent rights. A man has dominion. In fact, uh, when you talk about, there's a case that my teacher talks about quite often and happened in Southport magistrates court on the Gold Coast. And there was this guy who had an ongoing court case going and the guy died while the court case was in progress. And the judge said that the death did not alter the status of the guy, right? So then everybody goes, well, that judge is insane. He's saying that it, his status wasn't, what, what is he, what's he talking about? He's a nut job. But what he was saying is that the body was always dead. 
the body was never living. It was the soul that was in the body that had, so you talk, that's when you're talking about the spiritual man. It was the soul that, that gave it life. As soon as the soul left the body, uh, the body was always dead. And then, and now it's just, you know, it's a body without a soul. Mm. So that's kind of where, you know, those trickeries within the law happen. So when you subvert yourself to being non-living or a you know, legal fiction, you're subverting yourself to be in the land and the realm of the dead or slaves that have no rights. Uh, it's only the living that have, you know, rights in our world under the law. Like as far as the law is concerned, that's how that all relates to each other. So uh, when they make the birth certificate, like whatever the process they use, and it, does the placenta have anything to do with it? Like where they take ownership and use some of the blood or something put on the de- put on the form? Like is that true yeah. do the, is that what they do and like they because the placenta and the fetus are basically the same dna therefore legally that they if they have ownership of the placenta they've got ownership of you so is basically, that sort of how yeah, it works yeah. it is how it works it's also so that they can they can store your your dna your genetic code and your memory uh, it's very, uh, that's going down a, a yeah. real kind of that's dark a, road, that one. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's rabbit hole that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's realistically, uh, realistically though, that's highlighted very, uh, the best way that's highlighted is in the matrix movies where you see those, uh, like look like coffins that have something living and fluid in them, hmm. like bodies in them with fluid and they're feeding this matrix. And that, that's kind of, that's the broad way of, going into where that path goes it's taking that genetic imprint and they store that and copy that and then that is uh what's the word um they essentially copyright or trademark your genetic code so they think Mm. that they own you but you can reclaim that status again with the words that you use the actions that you take and uh and that kind of thing just who you are if you can become as soon as you become aware of that you can reclaim it by, you know, becoming a, a you know, a uh, man or a woman in your own right. And it doesn't matter that you have to wait seven years for lost of sea. Doesn't matter if it's they've, no. if they don't have a legal claim or. And uh, actually, can you talk about the difference between legal and lawful, and like this, yeah. the legal statutes and the like, just to, tr- just to try to define that a bit better. Yep. So legal and lawful, the difference between them is that legal refers to legal statutes, codes, acts, legislations. Lawful uh, refers to what is uh, essentially law. So anything that is in the public realm that covers, you know, statutory rule, codes, acts, regulations, those are color of law. They're not law. Do you understand what I mean by color of law? yeah kind of reflects the law it's sort of representative of the but not really. yeah it's like it's it but it's not it it's like yeah. it's like it's not it's not law essentially so law is what exists in essentially the private realm and we only really have two laws that can be broken down into love thy creator and love thy neighbor so if you honor both of those it takes care of everything that you should and shouldn't do really like don't go uh, stealing people's stuff you know, don't burn the house down because they pissed you off at the shops. Uh, you know, don't punch people in the head and kill them for no reason. All those sorts of things. Those are, that's law don't because be under law. Yeah. Yeah. You'll, you'll cause, it just means don't cause harm and loss. Everything else is, if you're just going against a code, 
but by going against that code, you have not harmed or caused loss to another living thing, then you're just talking color of law. And they not they, they come under two different jurisdictions and, um, and you just need to know how to separate yourself between the two. And again, that's by the words that you speak. Yep. And just like one more thing about the sort of common law stuff with regards to um, acting in honor you know, and, you're, and you're holding your standing. Could yep. you sort of explain a bit more about those and like yeah, versus sure. a straw man kind of thing? Yeah. So, um, oh, well, I guess because you keep referring to straw man. So if anybody doesn't know what a straw man is, that's the, that's the legal fiction that is made out under your name when you issued a birth certificate. So there's you, the living being, and then there's the straw man, which is your name, generally in all caps. And then you, what they want you to do is become the surety for your straw man. That's their aim to have you, it's called joinder, to be joined with your straw man through life. So when they want to find tax, penalize, put in prison, your straw man, if they can get you to engage in joinder, which means that you agree to being the name, then you as the living being can provide the, either the money or the labor to, to get the money or to the flesh that they can put in jail. So without that, they're just dealing with a piece of paper, which they can't do anything with, with and that piece of paper is the straw man. So uh, as far as honor, the, when we're talking about honor, we talk about that because we're dealing with commerce. So in our world of law, especially in Australia, more so than other countries, because we're a conquered nation, which means that we're a lawless nation, which means that the only laws that exist or the only really, you know, codes and things, that's the wrong way to say it, but it's essentially no law or judge or court in the land can come between an agreement between two people. So if you and I have an agreement, whatever that agreement is, a court can't overrule an agreement between two people. That's how it works in our country. So um, when we talk about honor, it's honor in commerce. Now, when we're dealing in commerce, there are four ways that you can deal with any commercial offer or commercial agreement or contract. The first two are honorable. The second two are dishonorable. So to remain honorable, if I offer you something, and that's what commerce is. It's offers and acceptance. Offer, acceptance, offer, and acceptance. So if I offer you something, you can, you can fully accept. And fully accept just means you have no uh, conditions. You don't negotiate. I just say, I offer you this, and you just say, I'll take it. That's a full acceptance. You can also remain honorable by doing a conditional acceptance. So I offer you, uh, I don't know, I say to you, um, you know, uh, I will turn the other way around. So you offer me to come onto your podcast, right? And I say, yeah, well, I'll, I'll come onto your podcast, but um, I don't want to come on at six. I want to come on at 6.30 and uh, I don't want to do it for an hour. I only want to do it for half an hour. So I've, I've conditionally accepted based on some conditions that I accept and then that's still honorable, right? So then we move into dishonor. Dishonor, the first way to be dishonorable is to remain silent. So that's giving an offer. Oh, sorry, that's being offered something and just not saying anything, remaining silent. So what could we be offered? Well, we're offered to be locked down. We're offered to have mandatory vaccines. We're offered to have things taken away from us. We're offered uh, to have, you know, towers put up that shoot really harmful radiation on everybody. We have a lot of things that are offered to us. And if we remain silent, silence is dishonorable in commerce 
And it also allows the people making the offer to um, essentially have their way because we assent. If we remain silent, we essentially agree without agreeing. That's that called assent. To, to the offer. Yeah, 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 exactly. So assent is a legal term and it just means an unconscious decision to agree. Now, the fourth and final way you can be uh, in commerce, which is dishonorable, is to argue or um, essentially to argue. That's a, a plain way to put it. So that's belligerence, arguing, swearing, um, raising your voice when you're dealing with people. Those are argument and silence are dishonorable. So to remain in honor, it essentially just comes from very basic, you know, old. It comes from the Bible, you know, yeah. uh, just basic, basic codes of being good. <laughs> Okay, yes, yeah, so a big biblical law, and that's what it all comes down to in the end. Yeah. Um, cool. So, so you mentioned before about well, we're occupied. So is that is that the blue flag versus the red ensign flag sort of thing? Um, I, you know, I mean, there's a million conspiracy theories going around, and like you just yeah. don't know what to believe these days. But um, yeah. yeah, sort of. Uh, yeah, there was a the white fleet came in 1904 or five or something and but yeah anyway um i want to let's just move on to like did you see the videos yesterday that got censored it was like back and forth they had the um even though you probably don't agree with what they were saying but it was the frontline doctors that were came coming out and saying hydrochloroquine works and all this and was just getting censored oh, yeah on all the platforms getting taken down, put back up, taken down, put back up. Um, to me, that's just like the tech companies jumping the shark. So, I mean, did you see that? Or like, what are your thoughts? I saw, you? I saw a really small amount of it. I didn't, uh, I didn't watch it because uh, <laughs> I just, I don't have much time. I don't spend a lot of time on the internet and uh, I didn't watch the whole video. I watched the first 15 or 20 seconds. And the first thing that struck me about it was the lady who was the leading one that came on at the start seemed a bit like an actor. Yeah. She didn't yeah. really seem like... I'm like, is uh, this Grey's Anatomy or...? Yeah. <laughs> so I'll tell you what, I mean, like I say, I didn't watch the whole thing. I know people are talking about it, but I'll tell you what I think just from what I saw. Uh, there could, it could be real that there's a small group of doctors that are coming out and speaking out. That's pretty rare to get a group of doctors that'll do that because they're targeted straight away. If you speak out about the medical board in any way, you are bound by them and they can strip you of anything they want. They can ostracize you and make sure you never practice again. They can take away your pay. They can they take away your qualifications. They can, you can do anything to you. That's why so many of them never speak out uh, or, and the ones that do quite often go missing. They end mm. up just gone. Oh, where yeah, did they go? I'd never heard from years, especially. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so for people to come out like that, it seems, and they did seem a little like actors to me. Now, the reason I think that they could have been actors is that there's all, you have what's called controlled opposition. And what can happen is that the people who are, you know, putting all this Corona crap out, it's not uncommon for them to kind of fund an opposing side to what their current narrative is that it leads people almost to the end and then it drops them down a trap door. Mm. It's, a, it's a trap from the start. I'm not saying that that's what this is, but it just struck me as that from the start uh, where it's kind of coming out and half telling the truth, but not really leading people to anywhere that's going to lead them out of a, a mind that they're in. And it's, uh, it's done to 
first of all, it's done to um, give false hope to the people that wanted to go along with that story. And second of all, it bolsters the, uh, you know, the people who think that Corona is real and everything. They go, oh no, there's these doctors speaking out. And then it's going to come out that these weren't real doctors or something. And then the people who think that Corona is real are going to go, I knew it. See, and it just bolsters what they were originally thinking. So it kind of kills off the hope of those that are going, I think there's something wrong. And it boosts the confidence of those that say that Corona is a real thing. And I'm not saying that that's what it is. Mm. (laughs) I'm just saying that, you know, from the short bit I saw, I think that's what it might be. Well, one of those doctors was in a viral video that got censored a few months back as well. Um, but yeah, it was just so, just weird. Just I was just happened to be watching it that, like being online watching it happen live, and it was just crazy. Yeah, yeah. But um, well, it's, I'll tell you what though, it's um, it could very well be real, but it would be weird that they're just trying to push hydroxychloroquine because all that is is um, it's uh, it's not really telling a full story, and it's not really. I mean, people say this about anything. I'll oh, just put infusions of vitamin C and it cures this. And then just give them hydroxychloroquine and it cures mm. this. And then just give them DMSO, it cures that. Yeah. And just give them this and just, just eat lemons. That's all you need. It'll cure your cancer and your broken leg and all that. You know, it's just that it's a mindset that uh, is not indicative of real life. And so I would think that if they were just pushing one solution, there's something wrong with just pushing a singular solution. And, I'm, and hydroxychloroquine actually is a very legitimate treatment for you know many uh conditions but it's not like anything you know you don't have a headache because you have a deficiency in panadol you know and you don't have an illness such as any kind of virus because you have a deficiency in hydroxychloroquine so it's kind of it's not really getting at the heart of any matter it's just a bit of a smoke screen but they may they may have well been a legit thing so um it's just one of those things Mm. it's a really good opportunity for people to then start having to think for himself no matter what people say no matter what i say doctors say or these people who are getting censored you just you mm. always got to think for yourself well it's just a bit iffy when it's a congressman it's in front of it's in washington in front of the um wherever they were on the steps of their parliament whatever and they were censoring the president tweeting about it so that's where it gets a bit, when you start censoring the leader of the free world, when you're a company, it gets a bit, a bit freaky, but. Um, okay. Yeah. I didn't know that was happening. I tell yeah, you what though. Yeah, so that's why I was like, just so fascinating. It's like, these people look like actors, but it's legitimate, but it's what's going on. It's yeah. That's a funny one. But I'll tell you what, tell you what's really interesting because I didn't, I didn't pay attention to this until you've just said it but I would be interested to go back and watch it and look for any symbolism in there because I mm. reckon if they're in front of a specific monument or place or whatever, you can bet that if you actually analyze it properly, there'll be symbolism in there and that'll be your clues to whether or not it's a real video or not is uh, mm. what kind of symbology and yeah, hidden, the numbers and hidden messages are in there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Cause yeah, the, in terms of words and gematria, like that just comes into everything. Uh, yeah. you start seeing these numbers everywhere it's like um what's going on but um <laughs> so yeah. yeah it's like power of words um what else yeah. was i gonna get into so what like resources would you um recommend for people sort of getting into so you've got the solutions in power for the common law stuff but in terms of like self-sustainability and uh, yeah also with 
like bring it all together, self-sustainability and the spirituality, connection to the land. Uh, yeah, and like for health and then like the jujitsu and the ego and like sort of bring it all together. Any resources for anyone or? Well, that's a hard one. <laughs> that's a hard one because I, um, you know, I've, I've always been a bit of a lone wolf when it comes to, you know, most of what I do. I'm actually, I, I am personally putting together a private site now because a lot of people, I guess, have shown that they need that. And that'll be a resource for pretty much what you've just said. So uh, if anyone's listening that wants to get in touch, if you send an email to global biodynamics with an S on the end at gmail.com. So G L O B A L uh, B I O D Y N A M I C S at gmail.com. Uh, if you just say, keep me in the loop and I'll actually, when the site goes up, I'll send everybody a link. So if you want to go check it out, you can, but in the meantime, solutions empowerment is, I think the best resource for your, uh, you know, your, your law stuff and about learning your rights. There's another site called know your rights group. That's another mm -hmm. one in Australia. They're also really good. Uh, the reason I recommend Solutions Empowerment a lot is just because I have direct experience with with them and that I've used their uh, resources and their technology to very good effect, very successfully for myself. That's the reason that, that I recommend them. But I know that Know Your Rights group also do a really, really good job. So um, yeah, those are your resources for that. As far as health goes, I recommend uh, Paul Check. You can get his book called How to Eat, Move and Be Healthy. You can also check him out on YouTube. He's a little bit eccentric, <laughs> but um, he's, he's one kind. of the number one. Hey, my favorite kind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. Hey. Yeah. I get that too. <laughs> but he, uh, he's, he's really one of the best guys that can tie together the physical, the mental, emotional, and the spiritual all into one thing. And the guy's a really, really good athlete. He's coached a lot of very, very high level athletes from early on. It was the U S boxing, uh, the, the military boxing team. Then he's worked with, you know, pro skaters, uh, you know, Laird Hamilton as a surfer, you know, several soccer and football players all at the top level. Um, so he's, he's not just like a health guy who talks about diet and whatever. He's actually a very good athlete and things in his own right. And uh, so I recommend Paul Check. Check is spelled C-H-E-K, not C-H-E-C-K, C-H-E-K. Uh, and as far as, um, you know, getting back to roots and things, like you said, that's a difficult one because I would just say, just start researching or just finding out about native traditions, anything that's old culture, native culture, uh, any native culture throughout the world. But the problem with that is that it's so watered down these days that it's going to be a little, you're going to have to do some digging to find mm -hmm. legitimate stuff. Um, firstly, mm -hmm. because their culture has been watered down. A lot of them are sold out, but you have a lot of snake oil salespeople who are, you know, in our culture, they've decided they're going to take some, some of the native stuff and just kind of sell it, mm. you know, for like cultural appropriation kind of thing. And so there's a lot of really, uh, well, that's, it's, it's that's, just not a very clean thing. Yeah. I sort of wanted to do that for, I actually decided before the Rona, that's what I want to do for my business, sort of interview people, especially that older generation that aren't online and like to mm. get the, like the different cultures, the old, the old ways to try to record it all. Then this Rona yeah. hit, and now the elderly are the the most affected. So, um, yeah, I just recommend for anyone out there just to record conversations with your parents and just like ask them how things were, how their grandparents lived. It's the only way we're going to sort of preserve a lot of the information because, like, you yeah, see absolutely. them, you see them, like changing changing information. 
online live. So like hacking, a, you know, and then like the news live is not believable. So hacking be hacky believe news from history, you know? Yeah. So it's yeah. like history yeah, is written all, by the victors. That's right. It's all twisted. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. a great idea though. You should definitely do that. I mean, I've, I don't know who, where you have access to, but I even have a guy up here who I've, I haven't had a chance to interview yet. It's actually, did you see the interview I did with Mark on, um, you know, the law stuff? It was a two hour interview roughly that I did with him. I, was I didn't next see to that him. one. I saw it there, but yeah, oh, that, I saw a few others. Yeah. Okay. So, well, anyway, his father has all this knowledge of uh, the wars and especially, mm. you know, the whole, the whole Holocaust sort of story. He's just got all the inside stuff about that. And um, th yeah, these guys have lived through so much and they kind of have access to what has been watered down for us. And uh, there's a lot of them out there. And I think that that'd be awesome if you did that. Yeah. I think you get a lot of listeners. You know, we, we should did it like when I was a kid, because as a teenager, I, I, the only person I knew from the, the second world war was a German soldier. That was a POW in, um, in the Russian prison. So, and like we used to talk to him all the time as a kid and it's like, yeah, yeah, it's way different to what you are here on the, in the mainstream. And yeah. Yeah. But like all that, yep. yeah, all that information's like, um, I recommend just for like, just for your private stories or knowing your own genetics, your own, um, connection to, you know, epigenetic memory and stuff. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, knowing where you come from, that's a big one because, you know, uh, like around here, uh, I've gotten to know quite a few of the uh, indigenous people, right? Mm. And they've still, a lot of them are still quite bitter about what white people have done to them and, you know, rightly so. But uh, what I, I, uh, I had a conversation with one just in private and so and so who or whatever, but they were talking about their stolen generation. And I said that I, I don't think, maybe you haven't looked at it this way, but I come from a stolen generation as well. Like we, I don't know past, a lot of people in Australia don't know past one or two generations in their lineage. And mm. that's because either we were taken here as prisoners from another country and separated from it, or people escaped other countries, war-torn countries. They escaped and came to Australia and in doing so, they changed their names or whatever they need to do to, to, to protect themselves. So there's a lot of people in this country who do not know their lineage. And that's mm. something that we that affects us, you know, in, uh, in very deep ways when you don't know, like you were saying, you know, you don't have as much access to your information, your memory that goes through uh, generations. So that's something that really needs to be looked into. If you're somebody that wants to, uh, you know, become more self-realizing and dig a little deeper into who you are and, and uh, where you come from, that's, that's it. Like literally try to find out where you came from. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's cool. That's amazing. So uh we'll pretty much leave it there so is there any last words on while people are in this lockdown like uh just yep definitely um watch your mind don't let your mind become anything that's going to bring you down uh there's you know i mean just going back to what we we're just talking about about people that were in the war there are people that came out of the war very very uh strong and healthy and they did that because their minds didn't, even if they were a POW, they didn't allow their mind to destroy them. Uh, mm. And other people became so depressed and despondent that they destroyed themselves. So when you're in this situation, you have full control over how you think and what goes on in your mind. You can create your own heaven or hell. And if you do the best you can with feeding yourself nutritious foods, 
still getting enough fresh air and sunlight and still connecting with people in any way that you can and, uh, and not neglecting your body. So even if we couldn't have trained with, you know, our training partners when our gyms were closed, we still would have just done what we could at home, done drills, done things by yourself that keeps you active, keeps your body healthy and strong, which will keep your mind healthy and strong as well. And uh, yeah, as long as you can stay on top of yourself, then you'll be fine. All right. All right. No worries. Uh, I think that's a great message for everyone. It's better than the message we're getting on the mainstream. Uh, <laughs> they're telling you that uh, everything you just said to benefit your health, it should be banned. <laughs> so anyway, thanks a lot for your time, Tom. Um, yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me. No worries. Uh, it was a pleasure and we'll catch you guys later. All right. Oops. Alrighty guys, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Yeah, it was pretty full on. So yeah, make sure you check out Tom's links in the description and check out, uh, make sure you like, subscribe and share and especially share because this could get censored anytime. So hope you guys enjoyed and we'll catch you next time. Peace. Cool. Alrighty. All good. All right. It's nice to meet you. How are you? Yeah, good. Yeah, nice to meet you too. Yeah, I've seen I've seen your stuff before because the yeah. guys in um, the club sometimes share your oh, interviews. Okay, cool. Like you've done. seen you did Hickson and that a little while ago, which would have been pretty awesome. Oh yeah, it was uh, yeah, it was a bit of an out of body experience that one. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, because um, I'm not sure I was getting that much of a uh, traction with YouTube. I kind of um. Yeah. When I, I finally got into the, what's their um, program after getting a hundred subscribers to add ads to the uh, videos. Yeah. And then as soon as I did that, um, basically I felt like I was, uh, went against one of my uh, principles of not like uh, being sort of against advertising and that, but I only did it as an experiment to see if it would boost any promotion through their algorithm which it didn't. Yeah. But then straight after they, they stopped it, they changed the entire program. So I needed way more followers and, um, yeah, right. and then my videos were stuck with the ads. So I was like, Oh no, it's <laughs> kind of a lesson in that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of any of the YouTube or Facebook platforms. They're both, they're all a bit, uh, yeah, you know, uh, not a big fan, but, uh, you know, there's other stuff that's emerging and some better platforms and, yeah, cool. Yeah. All right. So I uh, might just use that bit as a bonus. Um, so everything, I think everything's working fine.